0: Hello and welcome back to I Wish I Was You. Today we are celebrating hitting 20 episodes so rather than bringing a guest in I have compiled all of the favourite conversations that I've had on this show since the beginning and I just wanted to say thanks to everyone that listens. It's the reason that I'm able to get better and better guests each week and all I can say is that we have some very very exciting people coming in the very near future. So Here are my top four favourite pieces that we've had on the show so far. And how was it like figuring out that you wanted to kind of branch off and do your own thing? Like that's one of those scary opportunities that I think a lot of people wouldn't realise that they had. You know, like it kind of comes back to that thing where, you know, you you naturally want to take the harder route. And I think from what you said, it sounds like it's like an obvious thing for you. For so many people, it's not the obvious thing. For most people, it's like the obvious thing not to do. (laughs) How was it? Like, how did you, how did you come to the realization that you wanted to start by your, like start on your own thing mid lockdown, by the way, like, which is a really hard time to do it. It's like the time where everyone got the inspo to do it, but not everyone did it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think the idea was always in the back of my head and it must be in part because my mom's always been an entrepreneur and I've always loved watching her work. But I think I put like a self-imposed deadline on myself when I was It must have been at university when I was at St. Andrews. I was like, I'm going to start my own business by the time I'm 30. Some like archaic, like limit I put on myself. Um, And then I kind of like put that thought away and like never opened it up again. And always kind of like continued on in my path of like having work experience and all of that. And I never kind of like addressed when I would be ready, quote unquote, to do that. And in hindsight, I actually don't think anyone is ever ready. Like, I don't think you can be really ready for that. And you just kind of have to launch into it, but I think I felt like I needed a lot of different kinds of experience before I was, I guess, experienced enough to really know what it's like to open a business and really feel, I guess it's, it's, it's a lot of how you feel personally too. I think I needed that confidence of like, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Now I can kind of launch into starting my own business. So. I don't think it's really like everyone needs to have all these experiences in order to do it. But I think, again, it's all these things in my head that I had like set for myself. Um, I think during my last experience at Carla Otto, I think I had kind of become inspired by a lot of people around me who were young business owners. And so that means anything from people I knew who started their own brands who were really young, but killing it or people who had their own magazines or scenes or you know, stores, like there are so many people who are really young and really creative and were just doing their own thing. And I was a bit like, I want to be a part of that community and I want to help that community. And I want to also, I just felt really inspired and empowered by them to also kind of try to do my own thing. So it was, it was in my mind for the last kind of like few years, I'd say, but I was always a little bit too like afraid to take the chance on it. Cause as you said, it's really scary. There's a lot of risk involved. Um, so I think COVID provided me with that opportunity because I, I had, I had planned to leave Carlo Otto and I, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I was kind of just like, I think it's time for my next step. Don't know what that is, but I think it's time. And I think when COVID happened, I finished up my job at the end of March, 2020 and had like one day of no work and I was like I can't do this (laughs) I was like all right this is the time like I have there you know there's nothing else I could possibly be doing the time is now like there's no better time so I think it was a, a a mixture of kind of like situation and also planning in a way that kind of put me into that position but that's kind of when it started. I think it must've been like March 31st, 2020 when I was like, "All right, I need to think of a name. I need to come up with a logo. I need to speak to some of my like, you know, friends who are in graphic design and like have them help me out with that. And like start planning what services I can offer and all these things. And then it kind of snowballed from there. And I never, I, I, I wish I had more like forethought when I was doing it because I honestly kind of just like started and then it started to snowball in the best way. But I wasn't very much like, okay, I'm going to start this PR agency today. And then in a month, I'm going to do this. And then in two months, I'm going to do this. It was kind of just like, I took it as it came. And I I don't have any regrets because I think that was the best way for me personally to handle it. And it worked out really well. So I'm very happy about it. But that's basically how it started. It was very much like a situational start um, of something that had always been on my mind. Yeah. How
0: did you find those first clients? were they your friends or were they people that you'd worked with in the past or like, cause you said you were in this kind of community from being at Carla Otto, like yeah. how many like steal clients from?
1: <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> like, I how did you it.
0: like, did you say you just started like, and then everyone would be like, Oh, well I'm just going to go start then if I can just like okay. start and it will snowball. But like, where did you find those first few people? And by the way, the people that you work with are like really, really cool. Like they're, they're very like, it feels like the, the brands and the people that you're working with are like highly curated. Like you're not working with like any old like brand that's like selling anything. You're working with like real artists. Like you're working with like real talented people with like real vision.
1: But
0: how, how did that come about?
1: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I love my brands so much. They're all like so special to me. I think, I think, my network kind of like spans even before my time in London at Carla Otto, I think even starting back from probably Shanghai, I think probably from Shanghai, I started to kind of like build a bit of a creative network that they were just the people who I was friends with or who I'd go out with or who, you know, I would follow what they were doing. And I think I was able to build that network in Shanghai, then in Berlin, then when I was in London at Carla Otto and kind of continued throughout. I was always really interested in what creative people were doing. And and um, so I just started to foster that network from pretty early on. And I think when I was leaving Carla Otto, I had already had quite a few requests of people asking me if I freelance, which obviously I couldn't. But um, when the time came, I was like, well, wow, there were quite a few people who asked me if I freelance. So that, that's like an option. Um, and then I think my first client was Tyrell, who I absolutely love still to this day. He's amazing. Um, He, I think we were connected on Instagram. We had actually never met, but I think we were connected on Instagram for probably like a year before. And I was just a huge fan of his work. Um, And I think he was also interested in the fact that I did PR work. And we just had like an amazing kind of like synergy of like loving what each other does in a way. And um, I think we... I don't remember if he reached out to me or I reached out to him, honestly, but I remember that we connected at the beginning of April and we kind of like embarked on a project together. His work is absolutely amazing. And basically what we did together was, um, we did a little gifting run of like gifting his pieces of his upcoming collection to a variety of kind of like anyone from micro influencer to VIP, but like very curated. And I think that kickstarted a lot of things, um, He's now doing so, so well. He sold at Essence. Like he he was also sold at The Break, which is actually how I met Hannah. Um, and it, it was like such a fun project to work on with Tyrell because like I wear his stuff all the time. I'm like the biggest fan and seeing all these people, Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, like Sita Bellin, who I love, like rocking his, his, his clothes and like making them their own and like wearing them how they want to wear them. It was so amazing. And, I think it had a real impact on the brand as well, which I'm really grateful for. So from there, it kind of, and he's Toronto based, obviously, which is also where I'm from, Toronto. So it makes sense that my first client would be Toronto. I was also home in Toronto when I started the business. Um, and then I think from there, there was quite a bit of word of mouth between a mix of friends slash personal contacts, as well as people who had just seen, you know, our Instagram or like our work somewhere and started to reach out. So that was really cool to see. I think my like second and third clients were Pierre Bassin and Spencer Badu, both of whom were um Toronto based, Pierre is now based in Montreal, but they were both Toronto based before and um again like amazing emerging designers um did kind of like press and influencer projects for them. And then it kind of just like started to move from there and and I do think that for the first maybe 6 months we were very much Canada only, which is really great because I think Canada is a market that's like missed a lot in terms of fashion, but there's so much amazing talent coming out of Toronto. It's actually insane. People just wouldn't know. So that's a lot of what we've been doing is trying to put these Toronto brands on the map. So for the first six months, it was very, very local focused, which I think was necessary. And I'm very happy that we were able to do that. And then the kind of like global inquiries started to come in and we started to work with brands in New York and Tokyo and Belgium and Sweden. And it started to get really fun and interesting. So Um, that's kind of how the the client started. I think it was very much like from a previous network that I'd built. And also I have to say that Instagram is the best loudspeaker of all time. I cannot stress that enough. I know a lot of people have a love hate relationship with Instagram, but like it can take you miles when starting a new business, I swear. So it's, it's a mix of all those things. And then I think it's important, especially if you're working in this kind of business to always, always be networking, which can be exhausting sometimes, but it's fun. I find it really fun and, and inspiring. And I think that's like one of the really important parts of working in this business is to just network, network, network.
0: Speaking of that, speaking of like finding a direction, I feel like it's something that a lot of people are struggling with right now, creative and not actually Um, with Instagram, with TikTok, with social media in general. How do you keep, like that tunnel vision of who you are because you have a very strong sense of self also it seems Mm. (laughs) Um, how do you kind of block out all of that noise on instagram because you are on instagram a lot
2: i mean i think it looks like i'm on instagram (laughs) a lot to be honest i wouldn't have instagram if i didn't need it for work and stuff um because i just don't enjoy it um i even made like a fake Instagram account like a private one just so I could actually have fun with posting my wanted but with Instagram you kind of have to go on what is what is the know why you're on there so if you're on there to promote yourself in a certain way or work just do it and if you find yourself getting distracted by what other people are doing then just don't look at it (laughs) like as yeah as um simple as that sounds um but but I also I know why it's hard like personally I don't actually care what anyone else is doing unless I'm a really big fan but I, I don't care if so and so and so is doing this or it looks like they're doing amazing or not or I that doesn't doesn't bother me um but like that's the biggest bit of advice like just focus on what you're doing what is your purpose for being on here because if you're finding yourself getting a triggered or annoyed by all this stuff then you need to sort yourself out because you you're doing the wrong things for yourself
0: I actually totally agree with that like whenever I'm getting stressed out on anything on the internet it's just like what am i doing on here yeah and then if you give yourself a like a week's break you just like remember that everything is fine and like literally nothing yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. real nothing matters yeah you're living your own life basically
2: take instagram breaks that's hey. the take a break you don't like again you don't need to be on there every day
0: how often do you use instagram every day
2: (laughs) um every day at the moment but again I think I'm able to at the moment like there was a point I was just wasn't using it for like a month and deleted it and wasn't on stuff like that so yeah take it in moderation is what I would say
0: Mm. actually some of the most interesting people I know and some of the like most successful and coolest people I know either don't have instagram at all or they do exactly what you just said mm. and have it off their phone for like months at a time re-download it every few weeks or every like couple months catch up on what everyone's doing maybe post a couple pictures and then delete it again go off do like some amazing things and then come back and it's such a it's such a good way to live i think
2: yeah definitely and i mean yeah because again the 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 purpose of instagram isn't what it is like the initial purpose isn't what it has become so i can see why it's like the lines are blurred or between oh is this work is this a social app Mm. this should be fun this isn't
0: it's actually crazy when you think about how much instagram has changed since it started out obviously that's natural things should change i don't think things should Mm. like ever stay as they are i think it's good for things to progress but instagram started as like you posted a photo of something that was happening in the moment whereas literally hardly anyone does that yeah now
2: and that's why i made that other account because i can't just do that and it's like a private account with like 20 people on it
0: yeah just, it's almost like a diary yeah yeah i actually have one of those except it's only me that follows it
2: <laughs> i was gonna say you need to see my one no you, <laughs> like, like, oh this is what he's been doing <laughs> for the last <laughs> like
0: i just have this like it's like a visual diary And I will never let anyone into it. I
2: want to see it, you You gotta show me like a a part of it.
0: Maybe I can show you, maybe I I can show you like one photo. It's actually not that deep, but it's just actually a really nice way to like keep track of what you're doing all year and then like, it's like a little like, it's almost like a journal. You put up an Instagram Mm -hmm. on the break. When you relaunched, slash reopened, slash, I don't know, did something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we were we were opening in our in our new space. Mm Yeah. And the caption said two months of realizing that we could do anything. Mm -hmm. And I loved that because I think that just encompasses like everything that I'd seen from you guys so far. And like in this Instagram post, it was like a carousel, and you were like, you just moved into this new place, Mm -hmm. you were like kicking down the walls with your like. Literally, Oops, like you were literally, like yes. And honestly,
3: I was so hesitant to post post that because I was like, Fuck, like if our landlords see know. this, like
0: it's potentially an issue. But I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Like who cares? Where does that mindset come from?
3: I mean, I think that I've always been a huge risk taker. Like there is never in my head, which might be illness. Honestly, it's a combination of mental fucking illness and just like a positive attitude of like, we can do anything we set our minds to. And I think that it's anyone so true. And it's so corny. And like, sometimes it doesn't feel real. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that's the case. But when opportunity presents itself, and you show up, like, in any way, even if you fucking fail, Mm -hmm. you learn from it and you grow and you get better. Like every single, like every single failure makes you better and Mm. it makes you smarter and it makes you more adept and it makes you a better person and a better professional. So the two months of realizing we can do anything really stemmed from we, you know, it's the break has had struggles. Like we are not, invested in at all like everything
0: has Which been is amazing by the way it's, like yeah i mean it's I, incredible it's... the places that you're in like this place right now we're in like this gorgeous studio like oh, the you. shop is upstairs we're downstairs in this like incredible space down here i mean i think that that's
3: kind of what the caption was was touching on is that like this space feels incredible and that's what i love to do right is we transform spaces and we make them incredible yeah you know like And it's not, yes, okay, aesthetically, I have an opinion and I want things to look a certain (laughs) way, but it's really about the vibes that you bring in. So like when someone walks in the door, Mm -hmm. do they feel welcome and do they feel included? And so that the caption that you're referring to is two months of realizing we can do anything was because we had been working out of my apartment. You know, we've had some, we had some failures, um, and really it was an ode to my team and my friends who have dedicated so much time and energy um, to creating the atmosphere that we all get to enjoy and share with one another. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the break is community. It's about all of us. It's about creating this energy that feels like good and real and right and it, at that moment, I was in this, I was in the biggest space that I had ever, it was 6,000 square feet. It was fucking absurd. Yeah. And we were there for a good time, not a long time, mm. but we transformed that entire space. We mm. knocked down walls. We painted all of the floors. We, re- we renovated almost everything as much as we could it being a rental. Yeah. And I had never renovated a space in that way. And it was almost all DIY and a lot of, a lot of like hurdles that I didn't even like negotiating with contractors Mm -hmm. and like
0: figure realizing that like, no, if you just, if you ask, people will help. I was going to say when you went into that and you were like, I've never done this before. Like, I feel like we're quite, from talking to you, I think Mm -hmm. we're quite similar in our mindset, but I can imagine that's people listening being like, that's like crazy because right. if you've never done that, you've never renovated a space. Right. I bet when you went into that, it was not that scary to you. I bet you were like, it's going to be fine. I
3: love, I thrive under pressure. Yes. <laughs> and I'm someone who wants to do things very quick. I'm very mm-hmm. impatient. Impulsive. I'm incredibly well. impulsive. I, well, I'm a, I like to say I'm a risk taker yep, and well, I think that's, same. you know, I'm, but I am impulsive and I'm, I'm you know, I'm calculated to a certain extent, but I just have faith that things are going to work because when you, when you approach everything with like genuine care, it's going to fucking work. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, Well, then you learn something from it. And that's still, in my opinion, that still worked. Yes. Because you grew and you're able to like take something away from that experience Uh and be like, oh, okay, now I know because I tried that I'm not going to go this route. I need to go down this path Uh instead. And that's amazing. And that will only lead you to good places and only lead you to where you need to be. But I don't want to say that I'm not scared because it's an incredibly intimidating thing Mm -hmm. to go out on your own and do something that you believe in. And then on top of that, to like have other people's livelihoods Mm. to be responsible for other people's livelihoods yes, and to be responsible for, you know, it's it's so much more than just like, Oh, like I'm just going to like go rent it. Like there's a lot of (laughs) details and a lot of, it's a lot of stress and it is very risky. And I take that very, very seriously. I think that that's, so there, there's a fear in feeling like I always want to live up to my promises to my people. Yeah. But there's no fear for me in taking a risk or a big step. When I know, because at the end of the day, I I feel like I'm my own safety net mm-hmm. in that I know I'm the type of person to figure something the fuck out when I need to figure it out. And I, I can make decisions that are graceful and kind, even if they're hard. Yes. And as long as like, again, yeah, like I didn't know how to fucking get walls knocked down and I didn't know how much it cost either. I didn't know. But you... Put yourself into that. You ask around. And again, because I've, because I've been able to develop relationships with so many people over the years of people who were like customers at the break. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they, I know that, oh, my friend just renovated this space. So like, let me ask them. And they're more than willing to like give me their contacts. And so then I talk to those people and they're like, actually, this is something that like, it's not going to work for me, but like, I know this other guy. And it really is just about connecting those dots and doing so with kindness and also like with a certain amount of like i I, I also also knowing what you need and knowing what you want knowing what you can afford yeah and i think that's another thing that money that whole conversation i never was like taught i had to learn as i go and i've learned Mm -hmm. so many things but again like I don't know, in in a certain sense, money comes, money goes, money comes, money goes, money comes, money goes. And if you, I was terrified of money for the majority of my life, terrified of, and and again, like I think TikTok fucking radicalized, (laughs) where I feel now much more at peace with knowing that if, if shit really fucking hit the fan, like community will keep you afloat. And that's like with the pandemic, when we lost everything, our community wanted The Break to exist. So The Break still
0: exists. With that in mind, if you went back the 12 years, however many years it was when you started Vitaly, is there anything that you would do differently? I guess you've kind of had that with building different businesses since like you must have taken what you learned from that and put them into the into these newer ones. But Is there anything that you look back on and think, God, I really shouldn't have done that.
4: (sighs) These are funny questions because I would say there's probably a thousand things that I'd look back on and say, don't do, but it's also one of those questions where it's like, okay, well, if you didn't do those things, would you be here today? You know, um, I would love to go back and say, do less. You know, you try to do way too much. Uh, I'd love to go back and say, Jason, Jason, put more guardrails up for me. Jason's my partner. Uh, he He's kind of the other half to the business. He's very, very structured. He's, he's the guy that makes sure that things get done today. Um, and he's always kind of been my like, my guardrails is what I say. He, he would say that he's the rock and I'm a balloon and he kind of keeps me from <laughs> flying away. Uh, but sometimes he let me fly away a little bit too much. And then, you know, I would do a hundred things and be like, shit, like, we need to stop, we need to slow it roll. Um, but yeah, I mean, short answer, there's a ton of things, but you know, when I really reflect on it, we're here today and, and I'm pretty proud of what we've built. So, you know, it's what it is.
0: Mm. Using that analogy of like, he's, he's the rock and you're the balloon. How do you make sure that you're like, how do you regain that focus? Like, I get he might be like pulling you back down and saying like, look, let's like, set like going on this but like I've I relate to that I feel like I'm constantly wanting to explore like a million different avenues and it's like never really works out when you try and do things that way right like it's good to explore sure but then you don't end up getting good at anything no ideas tend to like actually get to their like completion because you're just like exploring a million different ways how do you how do you turn that off like how do you say no I need to like actually focus on this one thing and how do you let go of all the other things that are like, oh, but we could do that as well.
4: So there's, there's a few things I would say to this. The first, my favorite quote, or one of my favorite quotes is it takes all types, such a simple quote, but I think that it's beautiful in its simplicity. You know, it makes you reflect and think about how important it is that people are different. And I think that that's something that's really, you know, an important thing for people to remember sometimes. Um, but it's also incredibly important when it comes to something like this, like, you know, you can look at that mind that bounces all over the place, that ADHD kind of mind, and you can think, okay, that's a weakness. Uh, I like to reframe it and think it's a strength. However, it can be a weakness if you don't set the right parameters for yourself. So, you know, you look at somebody like Elon Musk, he's a genius, but he's also ADHD and he bounces all over the place. And I think one of the mistakes he's been making lately is he's surrounding himself with too many yes men, and that's a big problem. You don't want to have all yes men around you. you need people who will challenge you and who will just say no that's that's just a bad idea or hey maybe that's a good idea, but you still shouldn't do it and here's why you need people who aren't afraid to say that to you um, and I know a lot of people who surround themselves with with yes men and it's never to anyone's benefit you know you need to really. Be willing to be challenged and, and hear people out. And that's been a big thing for me. Like I've had people work with me or work for me for years. And I feel like we're almost in a fist fight every time. And they're the people I promote. Like I literally promote them, even though you would think I hate them. Um, and I, and a big part of me does hate them sometimes, you know, like sometimes I just want to be like, ah, just leave, get out of here. But they probably make me better. In fact, not probably, I know they make me better and they make me happy go back and rethink things and it doesn't mean that i always agree In the end, i sometimes disagree and, and go against what they've suggested but it it becomes that like you know that that you know i keep using the term so i'll just use it again that like guardrail you know it makes you stop and think for a second
0: yeah i mean i think people are always your most valuable resource right i don't know if you would agree with that like i bet you couldn't yeah Couldn't have done what you've done without whoever you've had around you.
4: Zero percent. That's why I always cite people. It's funny. I was in a fight with somebody a long time ago, fight, like just like this kind of verbal argument. And they made this comment that I'll never forget. They said you would never be anywhere if it wasn't for Jason. And I thought it was so funny because I was like, I I agree completely. You're a hundred percent. Right. And he might not be here if it wasn't for me. That's the whole point. Like, that's why teams exist. And I feel that way about my whole team. And I feel really fortunate. You know, our creative director, Zach, he's a genius. And he was our first hire and he's still working with us. Uh, I I can't imagine we'd be where we are without him. And like, I have no problem saying that. Like, that's that's actually why sometimes I find these interviews almost like self-aggrandizing sometimes, you know, like I, I try to make sure that there's as much opportunity as possible to talk about the fact that like, this wasn't me. Like, yes, I had some really, you know, interesting or different ideas, but like, I kind of always think of it as I I think of myself as a catalyst. Like I, I kind of create that first spark, but I don't build the flame, you know, the flame gets built by my team. Um, and I think the people who think that they're all of the above, they're the catalyst and the flame, those people get lost. They they burn out because nobody wants to keep supporting them. You know, just their their arrogance ends up being their, uh, their downfall.
0: Thanks again for your continued support. And if you have made it all the way through, please make sure that you're following. You clearly don't hate me that much. So yeah, leave a little five star review, hit the follow button, and I will be back next week on Monday at 6am. See you then.